The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. everyone welcome to the barca blog on this podcast i am joined by zach hicks zach runs the villarreal usa website on sb nation and also the is y'all's podcast called the yellow submarine no it's called the villarreal usa podcast we're extremely creative okay there you go so check out their podcast ahead of um, this weekend's match so zach we wanted to have you on um, to preview the opening match for um, barcelona and villarreal this weekend i believe it's on sunday um, last year, Villarreal finished 14th in the league, I believe, and I think Barca won both matches, like two to one and four to one. Um, oh, we finished. Oh, we finished 14th two years ago. We finished fifth last year. Oh, okay. I must have pulled up the wrong table then. Uh, thank you for correcting me. Uh, yeah, <laughs> man, wow. I I guess I typed 2019 instead of 2020. See, I'm just out of it. Um, so heading into this season, the most interesting player for me from the Villarreal side and I'll tell you my opinion then I want to hear yours obviously because you know much more um is Paco Alcácer so obviously he had a bit of uh, a spell at Barcelona that didn't go as uh as many of us hoped including myself I was a big Paco fan mostly from FIFA not actually anything from real life um how do you see his and I think you wrote a piece on your site because I was reading some stuff on your site this morning um, you talked about his tactical fit so how do you how do you foresee and his, his his play at Villarreal and also how excited are you to hopefully see some sort of return to form so it, it, there's a pretty general consensus amongst Villarreal fans that he's not our best striker um, Gerard Moreno is considered would, would be considered by pretty much everybody our, our best striker and he had he had 18 league goals last year um, and uh, he he drops back into possession a whole lot more and does a lot more than just finishing. The weird thing about Paco is if you get the ball in front of on his feet in front of goal, he's going to score. I mean, he's averaged like a, a 20% conversion rate for his career over the last like 10 years. I mean, it's ridiculous, but he's not great in the air. So you've kind of got to figure out like creative ways to get him the ball in the box because he's not going to drop back and get it. He, he's the guy, he just, you play the ball onto his feet, he gets it, he shoots, that's all he does. Um, and so in some ways I'm glad to have him because if we're going to be playing a top two, I think having someone that that stays up there and holds the center backs is good. Uh, but he definitely frustrates a lot of Real fans because they're like, okay, when he's not scoring, we're playing, you know, a lot of people feel like we're playing 10 on 11 because he's not active in the buildup. He doesn't, he plays better defense than people think he does, but he, he doesn't play a ton of defense, you know, so it, it's, it's feast or famine with him. If he's not scoring goals, he's not doing a whole lot. 
so Unai Emery, of course, opened up the season with a win this weekend over Ibar. What did you see that you liked from um, Unai Emery and Villarreal? Obviously, so I think they won two to one over Ibar. Is that right? Yes, we we we, we drew Huesca in our first game one one, which was a very frustrating match, and then we beat Ibar last week. Okay. Um, the uh, I, I've been fascinated. We're, we're averaging over 60% possession for the season so far, which is really weird to me. I, I'm curious to see how that plays out against, um, with all due respect, not the best Barcelona side I've seen in the neck in the last several years. You, you, you um, don't say. <laughs> so I, I'm curious to see like what the possession battle looks like there. Um, but we, we've got, you know, with Danny Parejo now running our midfield, I mean, I think against Tueski, he had like 105 touches and he, he, he does, he does so much just directing play, um, that even though we're in the same formation that we were last year, uh, in last year with Javi Kaleja, it looks completely different on the pitch. It's far less direct. It's a lot more methodical. And um, I think that's going to provide more consistent results over the course of the year, but, but we'll see. So what player are you most excited to see flourish under Unai Emery's um, new tactics? And like what, what guy, if, if Villarreal are to have, you know, as good or better of a season than they had last year, what player do you think is going to be kind of the talisman for that? Well, I, I think curiously enough, even though I wouldn't term him as our, as our best player, um, we, we just signed Purvis Estupinian as a left back for about 15 million, which I know for y'all is like pocket change that you'd spend on a teenager, but like for us, it's like a significant. Uh, we could use every cent we could get this year. <laughs> so, um, and, but he came on at the end of the Ibar game and he was really good with Austin Suna last year. I remember seeing him play a few times with them and he came on at the end of the Ibar game and it completely changed the dynamic of our system. So against Huesca and then the first probably hour or so against Ibar, uh, we were very right-sided um, in, in our attack. And Estupinian coming on from Pedraza really, really balanced out the system. And so even though we have we have better players, and if, you, you know, if we're looking for like the best player on the roster, I'd probably point to a Gerard Moreno or a Danny Parejo. Um, Estupinian leveling out that that um, that system and making us dangerous on both sides, I think, could be the most important piece to the puzzle. Heading into this weekend's match, Barcelona are obviously coming in cold. You guys just came off a nice win. Who on Barcelona? Okay, and we're going to take Lionel Messi out of this. Um, <laughs> who, who on Barcelona? Is there anyone on Barcelona that scares you? Outside of Leo Messi, not really. And, and and I know that y'all have got a bunch. I know y'all have got a bunch of talent, but like I, I'm looking at y'all's front, y'all's probable front line for this week, and I would imagine it's going to be Griezmann, Fati, and, and and Messi. Um, and and I don't see tactically speaking, I don't see how that front line works. I don't see that center forward actually holding it all together. Um, and so really my biggest concern for this week just boils down to Messi doing something stupid that nobody on planet earth can stop. And other than that, I, you know, I think it's just a matter of whether or not we can punch through or else we're going to have like a pretty boring game in the middle of the pitch. Do you see the midfield battle being like pretty even because that's somewhere where I look and I, I don't necessarily see, um, like I, 
like like you mentioned the Barcelona attack, and I think we're going to see um, some sort of Griezmann up top. And I don't necessarily know if they're going to put Messi out wide. I would. This Barcelona team is so difficult to decipher yet because I frankly just have no idea how they're going to line up. Like in the past, it's been so easy to predict sort of how they're going to line up because they've been so consistent um, with their formation. And Kuman's going to try to change things up for better or worse. And without Luis Suarez leading the front line, um, there's just more unpredictability. Uh, whether that's a good or a bad thing remains to be seen. How do you see the midfield battle playing out? Um, obviously, like Miralem Pjanic is going to have his first competitive match if he's um, if he's considered fit. Um, Franky De Jong is back and healthy. So, how do you see the midfield playing out? Uh, the, what concerns me is the fact that we've been starting Coco on alongside Parejo in a two-man pivot in a four-four-two. And Coquelin really doesn't do that much in possession. Um, he's, you know, he and even if we brought uh, Ebora off the bench, they're both guys that are um, solid defensively, don't do too many stupid things, but they're not really expansive players in possession. Um, so this is really going to be the first big opportunity where Parejo's got to step up and really control a match in a way that, you know, he's been good the first two matches, but he's got to really step up and control the match. Um, I, I'm hoping, because I, I've, I've really liked Pjanic's game for a long time, but I'm really hoping that if he steps into the starting lineup, that there's, um, there's not that chemistry there yet, um, because otherwise I think this could be a situation where we're having to do all our work out wide because it's just Parejo getting out man in the midfield trying to trying to control possession. So talking about um, kind of larger season picture stuff overall, um, how are you feeling about Villarreal overall? Like if you had to make a like a prediction in terms of where they're going to, may, maybe not finish in terms of placement of you, you could make a prediction on that if you wanted to, but just a, as a broader narrative, what do you see the kind of reigning storyline being for Villarreal for the rest of the year? Um, as far, as far as the league campaign is concerned, as long as we end up back in European places, I don't think anybody's going to be too bothered. Uh, when you bring in Unai Emery and you've qualified for the Euro, Europa League, the big question is going to be how far are you going to go in that tournament? Um, and so, you know, I, to me, if we did less than a Europa League semifinal, I mean, some of this depends on who you draw in the knockout stages, of course. But for me, less than a Europa League semifinal would be a disappointment this season. And as long as things aren't coming too far off the rails in the league campaign, uh, I think that will be the focus. So you wouldn't be necessarily opposed to an early uh, Europa League punt? Well, I no, I I think I I think quite the contrary. I mean, I think if if we in the Europa League is where we're going to make this season either memorable or not. Um, so if you know if we go out if we go out after the group stages in the Europa League, the big question is going to be then why on earth did we go higher in our Emory? Um, if if we're not you know, if we get down late in the year and we've got like, you know, a, a, a important league game and then a Europa League knockout, you know, the same week, I, I'd expect us to rest for the league game because I think trying to, uh, since Senor Royce bought the club uh, around the turn of the century, I mean, it really catapulted Villarreal from 
a historic lower division side to uh, a, a team in the first tier, but there still hasn't been that trophy. And I think as Senor Roy is getting older, he's getting to the point where he really kind of wants that thing in the trophy case that really marks his his tenure running the club. And and I think the goal was to do that through the Europa. So you wrote an article, the most recent post on the site is talking about uh, Gomez and Pedreza's extensions by Villarreal. What excites you about that? Um, well, I, I think that what it what it does interestingly enough is so right now we've got like a billion left backs we've got Estupignan who we just signed for 15 million we've got Pedreza we've got Jami Costa uh, we've got Alberto Moreno who's hurt and we've actually got Zavi Quintilla on loan so just from a the part of me that likes playing football manager is like well what on earth are we going to do now when we've got five people you know in this in this one position uh, position um, and, and so I'm curious to see how that plays out um, just from a squad building perspective. Uh, but Moy Gomez is one of those guys that he's just, he's a, he's a club first team player type guy. And, and I think every club, no matter how big you are, needs those guys who just, you know, even if they're not the one playing every single week, they're committed to club first and their own ambition second. Uh, and tying him down long term makes me really excited because it, it means that we're keeping that kind of mentality at the club. And I think that's a good thing. Alrighty. And so heading into the weekend, what do you see taking place on the pitch? Do you see and we're, we're going to again, we're going to take Messi out of this because I know every time I talk to someone about Barcelona, it's like, well, Messi could do this. And it's like, yeah, sure. But in your head, aside from the late Messi goal that upends everything, how do you foresee the match playing out? I, I see it as a lot. I, I see Villarreal controlling the wide areas, um, and uh, and Barcelona coming through the middle, and it really just kind of being a question of whether or not y'all's fullbacks uh, can hold up defensively better than our central midfield. Um, and honestly, I don't know the answer to that question um, because our our partnership of, of Copeland and Parejo in, in this system is still relative. I know they play together at Valencia, but it's still relatively unproven in Emory system. Uh, so I think they'll hold up okay, but I'm not sure. Um, and I just, I don't, I'm not very impressed by y'all's fullbacks. I think we should be able to do some damage out there in wide areas. Yeah, I agree. Um, the fullback situation is one that uh, is still up in the air and one that's been up in the air for uh, a bit longer than most Barcelona fans would probably like. The whole let's get some competition at left back thing has been a narrative for about two years now. So uh, that's kind of where we're at. So, Zach, I appreciate you joining me. Everyone, be sure to check out VillarrealUSA.com and the Villarreal USA podcast for all of the uh, Yellow Submarine content you could want. Uh, Zach, thank you for joining me. All right. Thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it.